Welcome to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. We talk about the intersection of parenting and technology. Everything you need to know about raising kids in the digital age. This is Parenting Bites. Welcome to Parenting Bites. This is Rebecca Levy of KidsViews.com. I'm here in the studio with Amy Oztan of Amy Ever After. Hello. And Andrew Smith, technology guru extraordinaire. Hello. And uh, we just came from a Microsoft event where we were looking at all the cool back to school stuff. And Andrea asked all the questions. <laughs> That's what I realized. While Amy and I were like eating and drinking. Getting our faces and, and, on a latte. <laughs> Andrea was asking all the technical questions. And I was like, oh, it's a good thing Andrea's with us. I got like, you down. Yes, yes but she covered. also asks for every single accessory and computer, does it come in purple? And <laughs> the answer course. is always no. Sometimes, yes. And when it is, they generally send me one. But with Microsoft, <laughs> with Microsoft, yeah, with Pro Microsoft came and no. had a purple it's laptop like keyboard. It's like burgundy. No, no, no. no, the, no Pro, the laptop oh, Rebecca's burgundy. Way. Yeah. It was a burgundy keyboard, a uh, purple keyboard cover. But yes. then when they came out with the newer version, they eliminated purple. Hmm. So I told them it was discrimination. Andrea <laughs> needs to start one of those online hashtag campaigns, like purple <laughs> everything. <Making> purple. <laughs> well, we did ask the tough questions. So we did. We so we'll talk about that in, another, our, in our back to school episode in July. Um, but today we're going to talk about this sort of school related. I know you guys touched on this last week in your bites, which was what happened with Harvard and Harvard rescinding right. 10 offers, I think it was, 10 or 12. I think, yeah, I think so. Um, to kids based on what they were doing in a secret, quote unquote secret, Facebook group. Um, and we thought we would dive into this deeper because there was an article in the New York Times that sort of picked up on this called The Secret Social Media Lives of Teenagers which talked about beyond secret Facebook groups, but all of the ways that teenagers think that they're hiding their true identities um, and participating online. And I, you know, I think for a lot of parents, I always take for granted that parents know this stuff because I know this stuff, but no parents know this stuff. No. I don't think most parents have heard of a Finsta. They don't realize their kids have a fake Instagram account called a Finsta. If you ever hear your kids talking about a Finsta, that's what it is. It's not like a new dance craze. Um, where kids are more honest on their Finsta. They're like posting things that they don't want to post on their Instagram because Instagram has to be curated and perfect and beautiful. So their real selves are on their Finsta. So I don't think parents know to look for that. They're probably following their kids on their regular Instagram thinking they've got it all covered. And I think we've discussed this about Snapchat. I actually think there's kids who have Finstas, but then they quickly evolve into Snapchat because they realize Snapchat's really... Not only can you be yourself, but that's what people want to see on Snapchat. It's the total opposite right. of Instagram, where it's about being like ugly and funny and making goofy faces and putting crazy filters on, and it's way more real. Um, but I think parents also have a false sense of security in these so-called secret groups. And, and Facebook groups are huge for parents. They're somewhat big for kids, and I and I think it's interesting too because Facebook, many kids join Facebook because they have to for school, because all these Facebook groups happen, and that's where the clubs do their talking to each other. They'll be like, you have to join the Model Congress Facebook group, you have to join the softball Facebook group, so then kids have to make just to Facebook get the updates and the yeah, schedule because that's where yeah. everyone's doing everything. Yeah. It's free, it's easy, and everyone seems to have it. And then you get these secret groups that give you a false sense of privacy um and as we saw this week there's no such thing on the internet because there's such thing as a screenshot <laughs> and all you need is one person yep. in the group yep. to go rogue right and you're all the thing about facebook is even though kids 
change their names a lot of times, particularly when they're juniors and seniors in high school, because um, they know colleges are looking for your profiles. It doesn't matter because you're still you. So you can change your name and it won't show up in search, like a Google search mm-hmm. for your public Facebook profile, but it shows up right. on it's still Facebook. You. It's still you. Like the rest of your yep. pictures are you. Everything's you. They can trace you back to who you are. Um, but we've talked about that too. I mean, and not just Facebook. You know, we've talked about that in web stuff, like the the Ashley Madison. You know, the yes. online cheating thing. I mean, even just online. You know, when people think, oh, it's secret and nobody knows because I've made a fake account. Right. You know, yeah, but your name and phone number are still in there. Sorry. Right. You know? Your name, your phone number. I mean, in the case of Ashley yeah. Madison, credit, credit cards, cards. <laughs> yeah, credit um, card. which you can't fake your name on. Yeah. And I think, but I do think Facebook gives a particularly false illusion of safety and privacy because they're like, oh, I'm not using my last name. My name is, you know, whatever it is. My name is Pickle Juice for the next two years, <laughs> and no one's gonna know that's me. But but there's your face. And there's your picture. And in these, this case with Harvard, it was especially bizarre because these kids were part of a Harvard mm-hmm. class of whatever it is, right, 2021 Harvard group that was overseen by Harvard. And then they broke off into these splinter groups. But obviously everyone knew <laughs> that you were part of this group. Like that, to me, is just shows. It's so stupid. It, well, it shows how much there's a lack of any digital education right. whatsoever. Well, you, you know, your kids aren't there yet, but when Matt went off to college, you know, he became a member of his college's class of 2012 or whatever it was, you know, and and the Facebook group, you know, where people could meet each other, where are you from, and do you have a TV, do you have a refrigerator? I mean, it was really for kind of exchanging ideas and, and meeting maybe meeting your future roommate and finding out what people are into. But I don't think, you know, that it ever occurred to me to look at that group and wonder, oh, my God, are there secret groups splitting off from here that, uh, you know, could be like this bourgeois teen thing. Yeah, oh, the Harvard memes for yeah. horny bourgeois they're, teens. They're <laughs> I mean, they even put Harvard in the name. Yeah. These kids were stupid. But I kind of wonder, like, I know last year there was some kind of um, smaller scandal with Harvard. I can't remember the details, but I think there was some sexist stuff posted. And... Harvard's official clubs, line, whatever they are, the eating groups, yeah. whatever they call them, and but Harvard, Harvard's, the, no, it was for it was for pers- for people who had been accepted but weren't there yet, and Harvard's official line was these are not students yet, hmm. so we're not going to punish them, and I wonder if these kids this year had a false sense of security because oh well Harvard didn't do anything to those kids last year, so we're good. Hmm. It's interesting because. An offer can always be rescinded, right? Your offer is always conditional. It's not a grades. legally binding. Right. There's always a moral clause. There's a grades thing. There's there's all that stuff. So I I think there's a weird sense of, sen- you know, you've talked about senioritis. Like, you're in. You're into college. This is like senioritis gone crazy mm-hmm. because you have such a, okay, so now you have such a sense of, you have privilege because you got into Harvard, you're feeling top of the line. You're also a senior, so you're doing tons of stupid stuff probably anyway mm-hmm. in real life. You're blowing off steam. You're finding a way to connect with people. And one of the things she talks about in this article is that when you start getting those likes and those shares, right, and it really starts triggering the sense of like, it emboldens you to do more and share more. And what these kids were sharing was gross Mm -hmm. i mean it was holocaust images it was like 
I mean, it was so horrible. That yeah. But why? I mean, I'd really like to hear why did they feel the need? You know, I know people need like to be cool, and in the schoolyard, you show off and you say things, and maybe you even say things you don't necessarily believe because you're trying to be cool and one up someone. Trying to outdo the yeah, last yeah. one. Yeah, right. just you know, I'm one up you, and I'm even grosser than you are, or I'll post a disgusting, you know, child porn thing. But why, you know, today, why do that and rip, you know, publicly, you know, not right. just verbalizing it but publicly posting this is it did they think that they would get to school and kind of people would be like dude god you are so rad you know right like it's not just the college admission like why would you want to be associated yeah. with that stuff in life right forget about college so, so why do you think that's good to do so the same week right bill maher was taken to task for using the n-word on his show and it was two weeks ago and then this past week um Ice Cube came on the show. Did mm-hmm. you see it? And like took him to task in such a like brilliant, smart, just like from the heart way. It's also brilliant of Bill Maher to bring people on the show specifically to tear well, him apart. It was the only to. way he was going to yeah. save his job. Because yeah. he still didn't get it. Yeah. He truly he, did not. It seemed like he did, but then the deeper they got into it, he just got, he defensive. Still got defensive. Yeah. And it reminds me of this, right? Which is like you start to feel. I mean, a comedian certainly use that as their cover all the time, that they're pushing boundaries, that they're allowed to do these things because that's what they're doing. They're pushing boundaries and revealing like a greater truth underneath. But that's not always true. Sometimes you're just like kind of have a racist bone in your body and you are or a sexist bone and you're just spouting it. And I think with memes, one of the things this article talks about is memes have become so ubiquitous and teens have been using memes. Like it's become this universal thing to use these images that they start to lose their meaning in some way. Like, they like does potency. Yeah. And so it just be- seems more acceptable to them because they're seeing them everywhere. It's okay because it's in a meme. Yeah. Like you wouldn't walk it's, up to a Holocaust survivor and like show them this picture. Right. But in a meme. It's in a meme. It's obviously sarcastic and yeah. funny. And I think that becomes this weird just cover for that. And look, Harvard has history of that, right? Like National Lampoon. Like if you look at what's come out of Harvard, um, they have that long-standing quote-unquote humor tradition. Um, And it has, it's always come up against this. And these are kids, I think, trying to look in some weird way, like cool, sarcastic, funny, you know, against the norm. And then just didn't realize what it actually looks like like how easy it is to get caught up in that so how many kids are actually you know does it talk at all about how many kids are in secret facebook groups and what they're doing i don't think they know i don't think i mean facebook probably knows um but think about your own facebook how many secret groups you're in so many so many but do you do you think the average person is yes okay i think the average parent certainly is in a bunch of Facebook groups. Mm. Um, Now, they might be secret or they might just be private, Mm. right? And I think also people don't know the difference between the two a lot. They don't realize that secret doesn't show up in any sort of search, like, anywhere, whereas private can still show up. You can see who's in it. You can see what the name is, but you can't see the messages. Right. And sometimes you can see the messages. Well, remember when that happened a couple of years ago where people swore that things were being made public that they had only posted privately yes and people are like no 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 you're crazy it's no 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 and people are like no look at this one i never would have posted that publicly ever it was definitely when facebook updated there was like it suddenly exposed a whole bunch of stuff so so things even if you if it's supposed to be secret or private it can glitch right it's technology and it is interesting right you always have to think okay if everyone could read this 
how would I feel? I'm and I, so screwed. And I, right? So, like, that's what I mean. Like, we look at kids as being so dumb and so whatever. And this was obviously extreme because of what they were sharing. But adults do it every day. And none of us really think about that. I used to think there's a, there was, I don't know if it's still around, Urban Baby. Yeah. Did you guys you used to read Urban Baby? Yep. Yep. I don't think I did. So it was one of the it's first. Thing. Yeah, it was one of the first Manhattan. big message boards. It, oh, I sorry, think, I wasn't in Manhattan. I actually think Babel bought Urban Baby and became Babel or CNET. Like somebody actually bought Urban Baby mm-hmm. at some point, but it was one of the big message board forums that was one of the first ones, and people would just go crazy on other people, go crazy on, you know, their opinions on schools right. and on judgy, this. Judgy, judgy. Ju- like, beyond judgy, report moms they saw in the park. And I always thought, like, wow, someday someone could hack this and put up everybody's public name. Mm-hmm. And then what would you do? Like, every like time. in the playground. What yes, would you do would when you, you do? saw that person? When you just called that person that, or you just called your, you just told some story about your kid's teacher, mm-hmm, or right. another or kid in husband. class. Right, or, yeah, people talked about <laughs> yes. that stuff all the time. Yeah, I, like, I feel like, I, I know for me, the private groups are, I mean, some of the secret and private groups are just, like, work-related, or, like, for a certain topic, but some of them that really are, you know, where we go to vent, it's, it's a release, you know? It's almost right. like so you won't explode and say it publicly. You definitely don't want that stuff to get out. And I just, I don't know where the safe place is anymore. Like, I would have been on the an actual telephone with a girlfriend saying this stuff 15 years but ago. So and you could have had safer. someone listening in on three-way. Because <laughs> that's what people used to do, right? Yeah. I just, you know, I, and I get it. You know, sometimes I write things, you know, and we say things or, you know, but it's, it's just like today there is the possibility that all of that could be made public in an mm-hmm. instant. Right. And it's like, I mean, the Russians might do it for fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's like well, what we did. We try <laughs> to teach our kids all the time, right? If you don't want your mom or grandma to see it, don't write it. If you don't want it on a billboard in Times Square. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, because that's what it's the equivalent of. But this, so she talks about in this article, it's really interesting when she talks about. And we've talked about the um, Teenage Brain before, that book. Mm -hmm. I love that book. But she talks about how this is part of that loop. And she says, teens can quickly get caught up in the feedback loop, posting and sharing images and videos they believe will gain the largest reaction. Over time, teens' own values may become convoluted within an online world of instantaneous feedback. Their behavior online becomes based on their all-about-likes values rather than their real-life values. And then she says there's a very real biological basis. The combination of social media pressure and an underdeveloped prefrontal cortex, the region of Mm -hmm. the brain that helps us rationalize decisions, control impulsivity, and make judgments can contribute to offensive online posts. And it's, I mean, mean, like for adults, we're fully baked, right? We're doing stupid stuff that stupidity is already within us. But with teens, it really is so important because that feedback loop, this is when all of the electrical connections are being made and when their brains are still developing. And like, if that's the environment that they're in all the time, and if that feedback loop is what is teaching them, that is going to propel them forward into adulthood and it will change what kind of an adult they are. Right. And that's what I think happened with this Harvard group is that they got caught up in this little tiny group that was just reinforcing each other and there's no outside interference in this there's Mm -hmm. no one from the outside because anyone who joined this group wanted to do that right or if they didn't they were the ones who took the screenshots but that's gross enough that they were invited to join it well and that's why they had to to prove that they were worthy of being in by by posting something publicly like we just don't want anybody in here who's going to narc on us you have to be one of us right 
which on the one hand was really stupid because now you've got people posting that stuff publicly. But on the other hand, it was smart because like they were trying to weed out the people who would do what somebody eventually did. Right. But you know what? You're, what's so interesting about that is it means this article is talking about impulsivity. And I was like, that actually takes a lot of forethought. Yeah. Like you're mm-hmm. saying we're going to be posting the worst crap. Right. So you better prove that you're OK with that. Yep. Yeah, so but isn't that just of, kind of like fraternity hazing? Like, you know, we're going to be doing well. some stupid, dumb shit. So you need to go through the hazing process and prove that you're up to it. Which is also I mean, horrible. Which yeah. is yeah. also yeah. part of the problem, yep. right? Exactly. I mean, that's like a whole other problem. Yeah, and so one of the things she talks about in this article also is that the House of Representatives just passed a bill, which could become a law, which makes it a felony punishable by 15 years in jail if teens send consensual nude yeah. photos of themselves. That's, that's just insane. That's crazy. It's, just, it's it, insane. I mean, and I mean, that's not why they wrote the bill. It's not like they wrote this bill saying, hey, we're going to put you in jail if you consensually send this stuff. But the way it's written, yeah. that is what could happen. And that needs to... It's, it's so crazy to me that these technology stupid people right. are in charge of making these laws that do not address what's going on today. Well, it's following the path of the drug war. It's like the same idea that if you just punish everyone severely, somehow that's going to be... But yet you find some guy with, you know, a terabyte worth of child porn on his hard drive and he doesn't get nearly that. Right. Especially if he's a representative. Yeah. (laughs) Or Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that is the other... Yeah. So, I mean, but it does up the stakes and... On the other hand, you know, one of the things she says that I agree with is we they've approached this conversation about social media about with fear all the time and it doesn't work. Like the fear conversation doesn't work. The I mean I'm no. every parent sent their kids that Harvard article. Yeah. And my daughter's school sent it to every parent and every kid. Like, this is what you need to be aware of. And I think all it does is make kids maybe it'll make them think twice about a meme, because that is so dumb. <laughs> but the uh, the other stuff, I just, I just they don't think don't. it's. I they don't think they think, think like that. They're immortal, immortal, and not going to get caught doing anything. Right, or their friends in their Facebook group would yeah. never do right. that. Right, that's right. what you think. Well, my secret group, no one right. would do that. So there was in New York City, um, a bunch of Facebook groups started, and there was one that was very notorious for one of the big high schools. Um, and it was called like whatever high school confessionals and people kids were posting all these things about teachers about whatever and it actually had a moderator <laughs> um, so that you would it was anonymous so you would email your thing to the uh. moderator and the moderator would post it so that it was anonymous and the school knew about it hmm. and has let it go on because I think they felt like it was a release and they just shut it down because hmm. of this wow. yeah Wow. Yeah. I mean, it was really big. Like, everyone knew about it, and everyone could see it. It wasn't even secret. It was private, but not secret. Hmm. So it's crazy. And then other high schools sort of were copying that whole thing. So no more of that. Shut that down. Anyway, I don't know. I think if you have a kid this age and you're worried about these things, you should just have us talk about that your fake thing isn't enough, but you should also tell them about the things you're involved in, like your secret groups and the precautions maybe you're taking now and think about your own behavior. Um, and I think call your senator about this bill mm-hmm. because because that's just crazy. It's horrible, yeah. and there's kids are going to get wrapped up in this, and it's going to be terrible. And there is an opportunity to actually create probably some really good laws around this um, about adults who are taking advantage of children and leave mm-hmm. leave kids yep. out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would call your senators and ask see if your senators are involved in because it could stall. It passed the House doesn't mean it's going anywhere in the Senate. The Senate, but tends to be a little more. 
yeah, rational. Rational about this stuff. I'm, I'm, but it you passed. can't see the face I'm making. They <laughs> tend to be. But it so. passed overwhelmingly. So it was both sides. Uh, it was not, because it sounds like it's good for kids, protecting kids. Right. So. Well, I'm hoping that now that there's a lot of light being shown on how badly it's written, now the senators will take a closer look. Because I think a lot of people, they just see they this and go, oh, it. anti-child porn. Right. Of course we have to of vote course. for that. Right. We're not going to read carefully into it. Right. right, because in a debate down the road, someone's going to say, so, you voted against yeah. that bill that would right. have you know, <laughs> knocked out child porn. Exactly. Right. Yeah, that's the fear. Um, so anyway, that's our story. If you have a story, let us know. We'd love to hear about your face. Show us your secret face. If you have a secret, <laughs> if you have a secret, let us know. All right, keep it to yourself. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. Um, but we will be right back with our Bites of the Week. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. We are back with our Bites of the Week. <laughs> sirens blaring in the background. We are so, we're on like the 44th floor of a building, so there are a lot of sirens wow. going past that if we can hear it. What's going on today in the city? But uh, Amy, you're going to start? Yeah, so, um, <laughs> the, so distract, I'm so easily distracted by everything. Um, the, the time when my children watched Sesame Street was so short. Like, it seems like they each watched it for, like, six months. I don't know. It was, it was bizarre. Sad. I know. It was really sad because I grew up. And there were so, I love there were Sesame few, Street. There were only a few choices when I was a kid. So it was yeah. all Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers Electric and, and Electric Company. And, you know, it was that stuff, that was it. That was all I had. And not on demand. Right. No. Like, the st- <laughs> I think I've told the story before where I wet my pants because I, I couldn't tell time. And I didn't know when Mr. Rogers was coming on TV. So I was not leaving the couch. But um, that's how it all started yeah, for her. <laughs> seriously, that you look back at that day and so much of how I am this today is, why is Amy evident. Never likes to leave her yeah. couch. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Rogers might come on again. Um, Love Mr. Rogers. So um, I, I just I never got to really watch a lot of Sesame Street with my kids. They had so many choices and they moved on to other things. But I love when. Sesame Street videos go viral now and and they pop up in my feed um, because they're still so well done and I've toured Sesame Street I've gotten to meet a lot of people who make it these are funny funny people who really make an effort to make it entertaining for the adults as well as the kids and there was a video going around recently called orange is the new snack (laughs) and it's just it's hilarious like if you're a kid, it's all about how oranges are a great snack. If you're an adult, you're going to see all the references to the show. And it's, it's <laughs> brilliant. Funny. So we will post that. That's so Love funny. It. That's very funny. They do that. Remember, they I mean, did a wasn't Breaking it, Bad one. Was too. it Grover who was the first one who did Call Me Maybe or Call Me? The Sesame Street was I one of the first people one. to do a take of Call Me, Call yeah. me Maybe. Huh. Yeah. I'll look for that. Okay. Yeah. I don't know that one. Oh. Maybe we should post a bunch. They're so <laughs> good. Just make a playlist. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm back to gadgets. So after CES, Amy and I talked to you about the um, LG Tone Studio. Now, Amy is wearing her LG headphones today. Yes, my little We've Bluetooth We've talked about thing. them, the, the Bluetooth headphones that you actually wear around your neck. Yes. Um, almost like a necklace. And in fact, Amy has different colors. Because today she's not wearing the purple one. I'm not. <laughs> um, so LG this year introduced this new device, LG Tone Studio, which is the same form factor. It goes around your neck. But I think it's a really cool, like we talked about, you know, Father's Day last week and, and grads. And it's out now. It's, it's a cool thing because it's a Bluetooth headphone. 
and it's got haptic feedback. And by that, for anyone who's ever played video games, you know, when you hold the controller and you're shooting someone or there's a big explosion, you feel that vibration. So the Tone Studio has cinema-like sound. So if you connect your headphones to uh, watch a movie on your laptop or to play on a gaming device, you hear that kind of cinematic sound all around you as opposed to, um, you know, in your ears, which obviously that might be too loud, but, or just, if you say you're in an apartment, right, you don't want to really blare the sound in an apartment. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it's very cool. Um, It gives you really good sound for movies, for video gaming. I like the vibration. It Mm -hmm. kind of like immerses you in it. It also has the earbuds, just like yours has, so you can still do private listening to audio. And they're out now, and I happen to see them on Amazon for less money, so Mm. uh, I would go check it out. Nice. We have we're so stupid. We have two TVs in very close proximity to each other, so that'd be perfect because like the two TVs are always competing. Well, that's it. If two people are watching TV, yeah, one can have. I was thinking about my grandma who has to turn her TV up so loud that it's crazy. Yeah. Well, that's when I first saw them, and they were telling me about you know video game and the whole thing. I was thinking. This would have been so awesome for my mom, yeah. who really couldn't hear the TV because it was across the room, right? right? And she's in an apartment building. Yeah. And, it, and I remember coming to the front door and thinking, oh, I can hear her TV all the way here. <laughs> so to have that around your neck yeah, it would be um, way better. really amplifies Although the Although my sound. grandma wouldn't like the haptic part of it. She definitely <laughs> would not like that. Um, so my bite this week, I don't know if you guys saw, but there was an article in HuffPo that someone put up where their daughter had received this take-home Yes, Yes. I saw you post (laughs) it. And it was a fill in the blank. um, And it was just a very basic vocabulary sheet, except the story that it told was about this little girl, Lisa, whose mom goes back to work. And every fill in word was basically how awful it was that her mom went back to work, how horrible it was for everyone in the family, how her dad couldn't make breakfast and he was awful, and how she went home by herself and was alone. But then, like, oh, her mom happened to be there because she said she would rearrange her work day and be home at three so she could still be with her and just it was this whole story about how horrible it was that her mother went back to work that's terrible and the mom took this sheet and rewrote the entire story (laughs) and it was and she just put the same fill in the blank vocabulary words and it was so awesome and it was this great story about how wonderful it was that her mom was going finally going back to work to the job she loved that she had had three months paid maternity leave to enjoy (laughs) with Lisa and that dad was staying home with the little baby brother because he had paternity leave now that he was able to take and like it was so excellent and how that Lisa went to school and had this fabulous school lunch and you know that was also wonderful and dad cooked dinner and dad cooked dinner and it was great and no one was rushed in the morning because dad was home and and totally capable of doing everything and then like it just went on from there and how like Lisa saw her mom when she got home from school because she had fabulous federally funded after school programming that let her stay at school till five and it was such a great and then they ended with like and Lisa was so happy because she saw her mom happy and fulfilled Mm -hmm. and uh, I love it it was the best thing I've ever read (laughs) and I will link to it it's a great I was I don't know where they find these things that they find in HuffPo but obviously some woman just posted it as a picture of Mm -hmm. like this is what my daughter brought home and this is what I did and it like totally went viral cannot believe 
That is a set handout. That was yeah, something right. the teacher wrote. Like that's, that's like from a book, from a workbook. And why, somewhere. But why doesn't a teacher look at this and say, "This is horrible"? This why is am horrible. I doing right. this? Right, as a as a working as a either, working either probably a mom or dad, a yeah. woman or man, someone you working know with children. More likely a woman. Yeah, more honestly. likely a woman. It's yeah. an elementary school teacher. Yeah. Let's be honest. Maybe young. Maybe not a mom yet. But you know, I mean, it just reminded me of. Did you read that the three hundred thousand? climate change denier curriculums went out to teachers all around the country founded by the Koch brothers and all this stuff so they sent this quote unquote curriculum to science, elementary school science teachers all over the country and it came as if it was just the new curriculum oh my God. and it's total climate change curriculum based on that humans don't have anything to do with it and it's not normal it's not natural and it's it just reminded me of that that like a lot of teachers will get that and be like oh it's our new science curriculum right. like i mean it's absurd uh, so this worksheet i would hope is just a vestige of an old time but might might not be might maybe be it was just stuck in the mimeograph machine <laughs> maybe <laughs> left over from the 70s oh, they, they, they thought that, they I were supposed smell to use it, it. i can <laughs> smell that machine. that little blueprint yeah <laughs> anyway those are our bites for the week that's our show amy thanks for being here thank you andrea thanks for being here we will be back next week actually we are going to have a encore presentation of an episode which we haven't decided but it'll be good um, you can find us on Facebook facebook.com slash parenting bites and on parentingbites.com of course on iTunes find parenting bites rate, review, subscribe, share and on play.it you can find parenting bites and all the CBS podcasts until next week happy parenting or the week after or the week after, <laughs> or the week after that no. thank you <laughs> bye, bye. bye.